Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome to episode 338 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we will talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. My own thoughts about the film extended from the review I initially gave. And also, we will be talking about The Northmen, as I know a lot of people are actually looking forward to and excited for The Northmen, and why it has what I'm describing as a huge budget problem, a budget box office problem, to be more exact. Basically, it costs a crap ton of money to make, and it is not expected to make nearly as much as <laughs> nearly as much as it needs to in order to break even. So we're going to talk about that as well. Please make sure, though, before we get started, that you smash that like button, light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. And also make sure, of course, that you are subscribed to the channel and that you share this video with those that you think might find this to be fun and entertaining let us first say hello to some people in the chat uh, also let me make sure that my uh, bot is running was running a little bit close to time this uh <laughs> this evening so i was glad i was able to get it off just about on time so first off gary banjo sandwich worthington what is going on hail to you we got the master of gaming in the chat as well starting us off with a tag saying, have you seen the trailer for The Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank? It was shown before the Sonic 2 in theaters. Yes, I did, and I didn't care for it. It just seemed like a Kung Fu Panda ripoff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's what it came across to me as, just the Kung Fu, uh, Kung, Kung Fu? Yeah, Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda uh, ripoff. Vincent Womack, what is going on? Thanks for being here. Um, let us see. He also put, have you seen the trailer for the devil's light? Nope. Have not seen that. Or if I did, it did not make enough of an impression on me for me to care. Jake, 80 76. What is going on? Welcome back. Good, sir. Thank you for being here. Says my son has begged me to take him to see Sonic the snooze fest too. I'm gonna run some red bull through the coffee maker and down it all before going. Yes. I, I would recommend it. Again, just because I fell asleep in the film does not mean that everyone is going to fall asleep in the film, but it, it I, I still have to be accurate. I still have to tell everyone exactly what my experience was with the film itself and with what I can remember from the film and with <laughs> the falling asleep experience because it, only, it has only happened a few times in my life. So, uh, Tina B, Master, or rather, Tina B, Empress of the Universe, what's going on, Tina B? Thank you for being here tonight. And as she has told everyone, make sure you tag at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, it lets me know you're trying to get my attention. And uh, it helps me be able to highlight comments and questions as we go through the evening. Orange Review says, Sonic was awesome, flawed, sure, but it got me jumping out of my chair with excitement. Hey, I'm glad that you had fun with it, man. Uh, as I said, I feel like the, there's two audiences that I think the movie is made for. It's made for kids, and I think that kids are going to love this film. And then I think it's made also for hardcore Sonic fans who have been fans like throughout the entirety of the franchise. Like For someone like me, where my knowledge of Sonic is Sega Genesis and also the Game Gear games that I played with Sonic... 
that really that world that they're showing coming into the real world, the voices just doesn't do it for me because even if there is knuckles in this film, for instance, even if there are references that I'm able to catch from like the games, it means nothing. If the voices that they're providing for the film aren't very good and aren't entertaining at the adult level, you know? So I can understand why fans of the franchise fans of Sonic would really, really be really excited for the film and love the film for a lot of like the Easter eggs and a lot of just like the fan service that it's providing. But the humor for me, a film like that featuring a animated creature, it needs to have comedy that surpasses that of, of the child demographic that it is clearly going towards. And I don't think Idris Elba was a great casting choice for, for Knuckles at a practical level. Like, when I think of Knuckles, again, my knowledge goes back to Sega Genesis, and what was Knuckles in Sega Genesis? He was just, like, the cool bro dude who was just sitting around, like, doing whatever. Not like, oh, I'm, I'm this guy, and I sound like a native. It's like, no, that, that's, not, that's not Knuckles. That might be what Knuckles became as the franchise developed, but that is not what I grew up with. And so that took me aback, and then it just wasn't funny, you know? It just, it just wasn't funny. And I think, and I know it's kind of cliche, but I honestly believe that if they had chosen and had somehow been able to get Ryan Reynolds to voice Sonic and he was able to add in his improv, like I'm, I know he does in almost every single film he does, I think it would be, fin- I, I would not be surprised if it actually would have became like a fantastic film. <laughs> Just because at least that, at least that would have kept me entertained. At least that would have been able to keep me um, excited going throughout the film. Because fan service alone in a film like that isn't going to be able to entertain me. It's just I'm, I'm just again I'm just I'm just being honest there. Uh, low watermark. Holy crap! Thank you very much for the fifty dollar donation via Streamlabs. Mama Susan ain't getting none of that. Low watermark member on the channel. Thank you very much for that. He says love you, Odin. You do good work. Well, thank you, low watermark. Blessings to you, good sir. Thank you for your donation. I appreciate. It. Also waiting for the Orville. Has been a member member now for 23 months in a row at the Citizen of Asgardian level. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. All righty then. Fuzz Aldrin in the chat. Hail to you, Fuzz Aldrin. Cacao and Cookies Minion in the chat. Hail to you. Uh, Matthew Highland. Hail to you as well. Family comes first, as you always know. Vincent Womack hanging out over on Odyssey. Hail to you. Thank you very much for hanging out over there. Rosie G12. Hail to you, Rosie. Thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it, man. Uh, appreciate it. I don't know why I said man. I say that a lot to both men and women. I don't discriminate. What's going on, bro? <laughs> Rosie, thanks for being here. Uh, shorty story of the modern major general of the channel. What's going on, Laura? Thank you very much for being here. And thank you for always being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, Stephanie B, what's going on, Stephanie B? How is it going? Says, what the heck was going on on FNT? Nasty stuff. Well, um, have have you watched it? Have you watched FNT? <laughs> I feel like there's nasty stuff every single week. I feel like that's kind of uh, <laughs> kind of what they're going for. Uh, it seems every single week, or at least that that's what that's what we get every single week. Um, and I I I push through. I power through. I, I try and and preach the good word when I can. I try to witness as I can <laughs> to the best of my ability, but we do what we do. We do what we can. 
By the way, I saw I saw that donation come through via D Live. So let me go ahead and get my my D Live channel up because uh, typically the chats still come through just fine. But obviously, they uh, I'm not able to highlight Ninja Genies and and all that kind of stuff. So let me see if I can pull that up real quick so I can give the shout out. All right. Over on DLive, let me see. When did these come through? It's hard It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Um, all right, so that was from that stream. So all I know is Philly the Hobbit Allen. Philly the Hobbit Allen, thank you very much for the Ninja Gini. Holy crap, dude. Thank you very much for that Ninja Gini over on DLive. It says, your thoughts on Discovery Channel taking over Warner Brothers movies. I think that this is something that really isn't always that much of a surprise. I think that this is something that has been going on or it's been in the plan. It's been in the works for months. And so this is not something that anyone is really surprised by it going through and and it coming out. Um, As far as what I think is going to happen, I think as long as they are able to figure out how to get the right people in charge of Warner Brothers proper and start making good movies again and start spending less money, I think they'll be on a better path because they have just been overspending on so many films. They were the biggest loser of 2021. They were the biggest loser of the pandemic era because their films cost so much and they made so little at the box office. Now, I know HBO Max, day and date release. I know we got to take that into account and I understand that HBO Max does bring in lots of revenue, at least according to certain reports. However, it doesn't change the fact that they're spending way too much money on films that are really not all that great to begin with, and they need uh, they need a new start. So as long as as long as Discovery, as long as Discovery is able to figure that out, I think that um, I think that that will be okay. I think that they'll end up doing a little bit better over there. Um, Vincent Womack just mentioned issues over on Odyssey. Yeah, so I have the chat embedded in my OBS program, and I'm having some synchronization setting issues too, so I I think that you're not the only one having some issues there. Odyssey, I love you, and I love your trolling on Twitter, but you need to back it up. You need to back it up. You're going to, you know, they just came out recently and said, we're not just a YouTube backup. We're going to try and turn YouTube into, into MySpace. Hey, I'm all for it. But you got to back it up. You got to build your infrastructure. You got to fix your apps too. That's my biggest beef with Odyssey right now is that in the apps, you can't control the speeds and you can't and you, and you can't have playlists. Those are like two key features. If you had those two features, I would be using I would be using the Odyssey mobile app almost every single time. But they don't. They don't have speed control on the native iOS app. I uh, I think they have speed control on the native Android app, which, again, makes no sense to me. If you have the same developers working in tandem together, maybe you have different developers because it's different ecosystems, but I'm assuming that they're somewhat related to each other and, and working with each other. You would think that you would have the same features in each one, but you have speed controls in one and not in the other, and then neither of them have the ability to have playlists. I, I feel like these are just easy things easy things to get people to to head on over. So anyway, that's what I have to say. Mark Lizeth, what's going on? He just says, Odin, what's going on? Welcome back. The Hunger Chonker, Funky Monkey, what's going on, Hunger Chonky? We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you, Bruce. Thank you very much for, for being here. I appreciate it, as always. 
Keck 44. What's going on? Bruce is already excited about the Northman. Got his ticket. 7 p.m. April 21st. Yeah, dude. Um, I I don't know. I can't remember if I bought my ticket yet or not. I know that I was looking at showtimes. I think that for that one, it was one where I wasn't sure if it was going to be available in any other formats. If they if the studio was going to be able to um it was going to offer it in like IMAX or something like that. Um, no, no, no. Actually, scratch that. Reverse it. So, yeah. So, here's the films I got coming. Guys, I'm seeing movies again. There's movies that I think are are, are, are are probably worth seeing. So, I saw Sonic 2, which I don't think is worth seeing. But, again, lots of people disagree with me there. Um, so, here are the films that I've, I have coming out. So, on Monday evening, I'm planning to see Ambulance, the new film that got the IMAX release. The Michael Bay film that got IMAX over Sonic, which... Financially makes no sense, but I'm sure they made a deal with IMAX in order to get that. And then on Wednesday, Spy Wednesday, as it is going to be Holy Week this week, guys. Blessed Passion Saturday. Tomorrow's Palm Sunday. Holy Week is upon us. Uh, So on Spy Wednesday, which is what it's traditionally called because it's the day that Judas uh, betrays Jesus, uh, I'm going to see appropriately Father Stu uh, about a... uh, a person who lived a rough life, who becomes a Catholic priest and then starts to struggle with different things. Mark Wahlberg, Mel Gibson. I'm pumped. I'm excited for that, actually. So I'm going to see that on Wednesday. And then same thing. I, I So, Bruce, I'm, not, I'm actually right there with you, bro. Uh, the 21st, 7 p.m., I do have my ticket for the Northman. I did get my ticket. And I got it at the one where I could reserve my seat. So I got a middle seat right in the middle of the theater. Two other people have got, got middle seats in there, like, at different rows. So I got it where hopefully no one will sit in front of me and I might be able to prop my feet up. I'm that kind of person. What kind of moviegoer are you? Let me know. Uh, monotonous pleb. Oh, monotonous pleb. I was like, oh man, I had a Gary moment for a second. Monotonous pleb, what's going on over on Odyssey? Saying Odyssey app for iPad suck. Yeah, I think that all of their apps just aren't very good. I mean, they have potential, but they just aren't there. Rumble, they got their stuff together. Now, my, my issue with the Rumble app is... They don't have playlist. If if, if 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 Rumble could have playlist again, I would use that one a lot more often. But they again these simple things, and with Odyssey, it's also just to be consistent, to be able to actually hold a stream together. I think is an incredibly important thing. Low watermark again. Thank you very much for that incredibly generous donation via Streamlabs. I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, let's see, General Wingster tagged to say, Odin, I can't stay silent anymore because you didn't like a children's movie. I can no longer support you and your endeavors. I'm packing up my things and leaving the channel. Oh, my pets troll you. How I love you so. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you hate it? Forever Sci-Fi, what's going on? Welcome back. Member on the channel. Purple is great. Yes, it is indeed. As we are still in the season of Lent in this Passion Week. Brightburn 1985 says, All Father, I saw an article title that said the producers of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 will not recast Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik character if he did indeed retire from acting. Yeah, we'll see if he sticks to that. I know he he talked about retiring from acting, so we'll see if if he's going to do that. We'll see if he actually follows through with that or not. But yeah, good on them. Good on them, because most studios, I feel, or at least most producers wouldn't go that route. Now, I'm not an expert on Sonic lore, so I don't know how many other Sonic villains they could really go with. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in just a couple of generations, Sega Genesis and Game Gear, but 
I don't know what else they could really uh, do. I guess theoretically they could set it up in the film universe where his little sidekick takes over. I don't know how interesting that would be necessarily though, because I don't think the actor playing his sidekick is that charismatic to be able to hold anything like it. Rob D says, hello, Odin. You want to see Sonic 2 and Ambulance tomorrow? I want to support Ambulance because I've actually enjoyed pretty much all of Michael Bay's non-Transformers films. Yeah, Michael Bay is a very interesting animal. A very interesting animal. Because he has films like The Rock. He has films like The Island. And apparently Ambulance is good, too, from what Early Buzz is saying. And yet, he makes the Transformers films, and he's made other films that are also not very good either, you know? Uh, Master Gaming says, which superhero film would you rather watch, Morbius or Captain Marvel? Oh, man. <laughs> um, probably Morbius, to be perfectly honest. Probably Morbius, because I think Morbius might be shorter. <laughs> that, that's what we're getting with when it comes to those two films, because neither of them are good. Again, low watermark. There it is popping up there. Again, thank you for that $50 donation. I appreciate it, man. You are debomb.com, and I appreciate it. Speaking of appreciating, um, I haven't actually uh, been able to, to shout out some people. So let me shout out some people. So first off, oh, man. So this was sent to my P.O. box, and it was interesting. I got a message saying, hey, I have this book, and you're a film person. You might actually uh, appreciate it because uh, they were either going to sell it or they were going to just give it away. And so it's it's Hallowell's, Hallowell's Film Guide. So something that I'd actually never heard of before. And um, I think it's one of the last ones that they put out, or ones that they... I, I forgot exactly whether or not this was one of the last ones they put out or not, but this was a Christmas gift in 1998, um, and it's from Bruce Wayne. And he gives his actual name after, I think. I don't know if it's his Twitter handle or not, so I'll just call him Bruce Wayne. So shout out to Bruce Wayne. Yes, the multi-billionaire Bruce Wayne. He says, hey, Odin, I hope you enjoy the book. So thank you very much for that gift. I really do appreciate it. But yeah, it's just one of those standard uh, books where it lists off different films. It gives you uh, the ratings. So let's let's see if I can find one right off the bat that maybe I recognize. <laughs> <laughs> which if it came out in the 80s, as we all know, probably won't happen. There we go. The Empire Strikes Back. U.S. 1980, 124 minutes. Eastman Color Panavision. TCF Lucasfilm Gary Kurtz, producer. The Rebel Alliance takes refuge from Darth Vader on Frozen Planet. Or on a Frozen Planet. First, I was like, really? On Frozen Planet? Not a Frozen Planet? More exhilarating inter interplanetary adventures as... Mindless as Star Wars, but just as enjoyable as aficionados. Oh, is that like a review or something? That's interesting. And then it does give a review from The New Yorker. Slightly encumbered by some mythic and neo-Sophoclean overtones, but it, its inventiveness, humor, and special effects are scarcely less inspired than those of its phenomenally successful predecessor. And that was a review from The New Yorker back in 1980. So, anyway, I always like these kinds of books because they're, I don't know, I find them interesting. And they're, they're cool to have just in general, as, I think just as a frame of reference. Um, so, anyway, shout out to you, uh, Bruce Wayne. Thank you very much for sending that my way. And then this one was actually pretty cool. So, first off, uh, shout out to Jason Williams uh, for sending a $40 super chat, but an actual dollar amount. So, I appreciate that. Um, a lot. So first off, he sent me a fun little thing. It's a Bible facts for Lent. 
And um, this one is about the circumcision of Christ. So thank you very much for that. And then also he had a very nice letter here saying, I found the perfect nursery rhyme for baby Thor and maybe a good YouTube pup or a good YouTube prop. I also enclosed one Bible note postcard I sent out to my friends who celebrate Lent. So again, Jason Williams, thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate it. He also sent me uh, an article that he wrote. So again, shout out to him. Um, and uh, OregonWatchdog.com if you want to support him over there. Uh, and here he talks about different reasons. Nine signs of Disney's decline in customer fallout. So a lot there. But what I really liked is the book. So it's The Three Little Pigs and The Wolf on the Road. And let me just say, it's copyright 2020, and the copyright owner is named Firearms Unknown. It's the moral, the moral of the story. Gun violence is not always a bad thing. Laws are not going to save you from people who don't follow laws. And let's just say, it's the three little pigs like you've never seen them before. Instead of building houses, they're trying to pass laws, and when the laws don't work, the last little pig... Well, let's just say he buys a firearm, and uh, <laughs> I'll let you take it from there. Uh, and I guess uh, I guess I'll have a spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it doesn't end the same way as 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 it does in the. Anyway, I'll I'll just I'll just throw that up there. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if the lady Freya. Will allow me to read that to him, but uh, <laughs> I will try because that's pretty funny. Uh, Master Gabe says, "Would you rather have pineapple on pizza or watch the Snyderverse?" Oh, Snyderverse, any day. Snyderverse sucks, but at the very least, it's not anathema and it's not heresy because that's what pineapple on pizza is. Favorite Sci-Fi says, "Though I like the first Sonic movie, I get more rewatch value from the Super Mario Brothers movie." <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, because at least that's funny. At least it's so bad, it's funny, you know? Gary Bear and Sandwich Worthington, you clashing with my UFC. You have a like from your boy in the UK. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. UFC. Who watches UFC? It's all fake these days anyway. Philly uh, the Hobbit Allen, again, thank you very much for that Ninja Genie donation. I really do appreciate that a lot. Um, let us see. Brightburn tagged and said, some people prefer 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog over something like 93 Mario Brothers films. Personally, I think it's really telling that Super Mario Brothers 93 didn't get a Blu-ray or 4K release. Uh, yeah, it's a very good point. And to be honest, if it did, I would buy it in a heartbeat because it's so funny. It's so bad. It's funny. FNT is always trying to embarrass. Oh, this is very true, Bruce. This is very, very true. And, uh, even when they're not trying... It, it still happens. Uh, first, I, I think they always save the really gross stuff for when you come on. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I've sometimes listened in beforehand when I've had the opportunity before putting baby Thor down. And uh, sometimes things, things can be pretty bad then too. So it is what it is. Uh, Laura says, it's a, teeny mo- it's a Tina movie weekend. Watch John Wayne's Stagecoach and it's a must see for Western fans. Also watch 1940s Razor Edge A+. Nice! So taking some recommendations from the Empress of the Universe, Tina, who always gives great reviews uh, on the Chosen of All Hollow streams, but she also has a letterboxed account and if she wants to share that with people, she can. And it's where you can follow her reviews, her ratings, and usually get a lot of good movie ideas. Uh, from her blackest night 
hail to you saying all hail the king of the templar order <laughs> that was that was i i liked the memes in the beginning and then it went off uh, went off a cliff pretty quickly mike jackson hail to you thank you very much for being here i appreciate it a lot um, yeah, it's interesting, even though I use iPhone because of family, because despite everything, at the, at the very least, iPhones take really great videos, and to me, that's very, very important. I have not found an Android that is at the same level for videos. Photography is another story, but for videos and video mic processing, I have not found one that's comp- that's that's competitive. The other reason, though, is that sending videos and images uh, between family on iPhone is a lot easier overall. And it was something where I got one because of baby Thor being born, and I just knew that the rest of my family had it. And so I still prefer, by the way, I'm still team Android. I still prefer Android. I still have my old Android phone, and I, I use it for, for random things. Um, because sometimes there's apps on there that are just better. For instance, as I mentioned, the Odyssey app is better on there. But uh, yeah, let us see. Laura says, I know four people who enjoyed Ambulance. Fingers crossed. Okay. Yeah, knowing people and knowing whether or not we can trust them or not, because we know, like, knowing that we can trust them because we know them, uh, I think is always a good sign. So very, very happy about that. We got Scar in the chat. Hail to you, Scar. Thank you for being here. Orange Hat Reviews, who's a member, says, I am a kind of theater gentleman that sits in the middle of the theater. I am, too. It's also where you get the best sound. It's a fact. Uh, If you, in an IMAX screen, typically, or really in any theater, you don't sit in the exact middle. You sit slightly up, and it's, it's about exactly where you need to be to get the best sound overall. Uh, Jacques Lesuave, what's going on over on Odyssey, just says, Bruce Willis for Robotnik. Oh, oh, that's too soon. Too soon, man. He just retired. And for really sad, sad things. Uh, Master Gamer says, when are you going to see everything everywhere all at once? Can't say. Cannot say when that will be. Um, because I'm already packed with other movies. And hopefully, that will still be around, and I'll be able to check it out. But I'm a full-time worker. I got family obligations, so I, I see movies when I can, and ambulance is a top is is a bigger priority to me as it again just is piquing my interest just a little, little bit more at least as far as films this week. Same with Father Stew, and then of course the Northman as well, which we'll talk about in a second. Bruce says that he was more of an aisle guy. I don't get. I don't. I understand for for some people where it's like they need to be on the aisle because sometimes they need to you know leave to to go to the restroom or things like that. But see, I'm that kind of person where I I go, I take care of everything. And I know that for some people they don't have control, but I take care of everything because it's like I can't miss anything in a movie. Like I just I can't gotta see it all the way. Orange Eye Review says it's really tragic you slept through the third act of Sonic because you missed the best parts. Well, again, I I I slept through maybe a fourth of the film. Like I slept, I I was awake for about three fourths of it. Um. I don't know if this is much of a spoiler, but it, if it, if some consider anything from any film to be spoilers, spoiler warning, um, in three, two, one. So when Robotnik has the the giant emerald powers and comes back into the real world, that is the last thing I remember, and that's right about the end of the film. So I don't think I missed much as far as the time. All right, spoilers over if anyone 
cared about that. Fuzz Aldrin says, don't watch Fantastic Beasts or the Dumbledore. It was terrible. And yet, I feel like I kind of need to in order to be able to review it and warn people. I need to warn the people. Uh, Scar says, without spoiling, does Sonic 2 set up a new villain? I I couldn't say one way or the other. Because if they did, it'd probably be at the very end. And yeah, is what it is. Uh, Vince Womack says, Odyssey is still growing and adding features, and when you add something, sometimes gets screwed over and needs fixing. I still have faith in Odyssey. Again, overall, Vince Womack, I have faith, but we we can't pretend like it's a brand new thing. They, they've been streaming and have had streaming capabilities for a, for a while now, and their apps have been out for a while. And here's the, here's the other thing that we need to keep in mind. Library, w- which is what this is built upon, their Android app has more features. Has more features. And that thing isn't even really relevant anymore because of Odyssey. And yet, more features. First half, I didn't bay direct Pearl Harbor. He couldn't even get period accurate ships for half the scenes. Midway did the attack better in a few minutes than he did in, in, in two hours. Well, as I mentioned, I'm not the biggest Michael Bay fan, but he does have a few good films up his belt. And, the problem with Midway, though, is, okay, they may have gotten that right, but, yeah, they also had to use a crap ton of CGI, and the CGI looked completely awful. It was so hard to get through that film for me. So hard to get through that film. Uh, the newer Midway, of course. Obviously, with the CGI reference. Hopefully, that would be a have, would have been picked up upon. Uh, let's see. Mark Lesseth says, Speaking of Captain Marvel versus Morbius, I'll give your favorite argument. At least Morbius isn't... <laughs> oh, and yet, that is not good enough for me, which is why length and runtime, that would be... Uh, the runtime would be kind of like the make or break, probably. Uh, Brightburn, I know you don't agree, but I really do enjoy No Time to Die because it spoke to me. A man is... A man is to live and not to exist. That line spoke to me more than Jim Gordon's A Tale of Two Cities speech. Um, yeah, and I mean, everyone's going to like films that others don't like. Uh, this is just the nature of movies, and that's what's beautiful about about film. And that's why I have such issues with No Time to Die, because even though there are a lot of parts in there that are well-crafted, well-made, as far as a production design is concerned, I feel bad because... I feel like the story gets weighed down or the story weighs down some of the better parts of the production design, you know, of people doing really talented and really good work. But that's the issue that that comes in when you bring in identity politics, when you bring in uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, when you try and push a character in a certain direction for that very reason, I think what you do is you build your story for failure. You build it for failure, and that is, I think, something that I can't look past and I can't get past when it comes to that film. Retreat of VR says, I took in my eight-year-old to see Sonic 2 today and thought it was really enjoyable. There was one scene that could have been cut or reduced, but it was entertaining than that. And it might be the, the scene that I'm thinking of, but basically my, the only scene that I actually laughed at and found at all entertaining was the wedding scene. That was the only one that I found entertaining was Bridezilla. And I think that speaks volumes about my thoughts on the film. Uh, by Burn 85 says, forgot to put purpose in there. It's all good. 
Let us see. Uh, here in the steadfast in the chat, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. I very much appreciate it. Appreciate it, good sir. Uh, I have not talked about the North Minute yet. I was trying to get to a comfortable spot in the comments before doing that. Kenneth Haynes, what's going on, Kenneth Haynes? Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Remember, you have a comment or question, please put at Odin at the very beginning of the comment. So that way I know you're trying to get my attention. Uh, otherwise, if you're a member, I'm going to try my best to catch uh, catch you there. Joey Horn, what's going on, good sir? Hail Odin, happy Palm Sunday. Blessed Palm Sunday Eve to you as well. Blessed to you as well. Scar, tag to say, you think Doctor Strange could come lower than 165 million opening weekend? Well, yeah, the projections have it pretty high. Um, and that's going to be the real test. It's it's hard for me to say one way or the other at this point because pre-sales are not reliable. We found that out very clearly with films like Solo, A Star Wars Story. It had very solid pre-sales. I remember people putting it in the same level as like Black Panther and other films. You remember when that... I, again, does anyone else remember when Solo was coming out and they were all talking and talking up about, oh man, the pre-sales are so good. It's breaking records left and right. And then what happened with that film? It was a massive financial flop. Massive financial flop. Um, so I don't know if Doctor Strange is going to be able to hit that. What I'm going to be looking for is the Thursday evening numbers I can say that if you look ahead to some of the box office, it's it's selling okay. It's selling okay at this point, and I imagine that more seats will be gone as as things go by. Lance Mala says, did you see anything from WrestleMania you liked? I thought maybe 20% of the 10-plus hours of overall content was acceptable. Yeah, dude, I, I, I finally watched it, and I had to, you know, pa I had to, like, you know, skip through some stuff. Yeah, I, there really wasn't a whole lot to like. There really wasn't. I mean, the main event sucked. The main event was trash because to me, it's like basically when I left and stopped watching WWE on a regular basis, a lot of it was because of what they were doing with Roman Reigns. And now I come back and it's like Roman's on top. And it's like, okay, so you're doing the same crap. Oh, but he's healed now. I don't care. He still sucks. He still can't talk. He still can't wrestle. So why should I care about anything that, that you're doing with that character when you're still trying to shove it down everyone's throat, even if you're shoving it down everyone's throat as a heel? But yes, I agree. And that's my wrestling word of the uh, of the night. Forever sci-fi, definitely too soon for Willish jokes. Shame, uh, shame his family and people around him who kept him working when he had no idea where he was at times. Yeah, very, very sad uh, to hear some of those uh, things that have come out since... Mark 63366 says, Did you know that you can't run through a campground? You can only ran since it is past tense. <sighs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Orange Eye Views says, Oh, you missed so much. Believe me, that was nothing compared to later. If later is a post-credit or mid-credit scene, I'm sorry, that doesn't count. It's the same it's the same reasoning that I have with with Morbius where it's like I had an issue with Morbius because they used in the trailers their uh, their post credit stuff as if it was a part of the film. They used Michael Keaton as a selling point for that film and and at this point I'm not going to give a spoiler warning for for Morbius because if you actually cared to see it you would have seen it by now. And again, they used Michael Keaton as a selling point in that movie and he's not in it. He's only in the post credit scenes. 
He, so so his his screen time is so limited, and 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 to me that was so egregious. And the rest of the film is so so not good. It, it's just it's awful. Um, but but yeah, like I I don't think if again if some of the best parts are any post credit mid credit scenes or whatever, that's not a part of the movie. That's part of the credit setting up for the next one. And again, Quattrini says there, the mid-credit scene sets up a potential new villain. So again, uh, he did tag. I apologize if that spoils something for anyone. Please try and uh, be careful with with spoilers, especially when you tag me, because I I tend to just highlight things. Uh, let's see. So DB says, do you ever want to disappear on Friday Night Tights when he gets wild? That one joke regarding the Bible was not cool. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll see that I'll I'll shrink off normally for a bit. You know, say 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 a prayer underneath my breath. But overall, again, I love I love those guys. You know, they are family. I hate to sound like Vin Diesel right now, but when you're family, you're family. I can't do Vin Diesel. My voice can't get that deep. Uh, let's see. Brightburn85 says, I think Robert Meyer Burnett said The Godfather 3 is a good follow-up to The Godfather 2 because Mike ordered a hit on his brother and he loses his soul and the price is his daughter. Brightburn, first off, what relevance does that have to do with anything that we've just talked about? Just saying, just just saying. Like whenever I get to, whenever I get some random comments, I'm like, I need context here. You're just throwing God's Godfather stuff out. It's like, no, we haven't been even been talking about this. This is crazy. This is crazy. Um, but the Godfather Part Three, not good. I haven't seen the re- redubbed. I've heard it doesn't help much. It helps a little, but doesn't help much. Uh, Laura says, I graded Midway on a curve because it was trying to depict history. CGI was horrible, though. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't forgive that. It's part of the film. Mr. Roy, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, Sajanian says, can you watch and review the movie Moonshot? It sounds ridiculous, and your review would be entertaining. Moonshot? Did you mean Moonfall, like the newer film that, that bombed the box office? Or are you talking about something else? Let's see. Bruce says, it's more of a safety thing with me, I guess, uh, about the aisle seating. I like to have movement options. Oh, yeah, plus not having to bother anyone if I had to go to the bathroom is a plus. Yeah, and again, that's the reason why for me it's like I take care of everything beforehand and then I don't have to worry about anything. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if I need to get out, I'm going to get out. I, I think that there it might also be like a maybe it's an age thing, too, where it's like, Different, uh, different priorities in that way. <laughs> oh man, let's see. Quatrina VR says, "FYI, you literally slept through the best part of the movie." So again, I don't know if I don't know if you're referring to something in the uh, credit scenes or not. Because again, I, I wouldn't count that as the best part of a film. Master Gaming says, "Eternal." Also, if that's the best part of the film, you got problems. Master Gaming says, "Eternals also had good pre-sales and that flopped." Yep, absolutely. Um, and then again, that all depends on how much you spend on your film, how much you spend on your film. Uh, let's see. For sci-fi, I'm okay with not giving the mouse money. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, definitely, for sure. All right, let's go ahead then and talk about, since we talked about Sonic a bit, let's talk about the Northman. Because the Northman has, let's just say the Northman's got some issues. It's got some issues. And uh, they are, they're, they're pretty severe. They're pretty severe. Also, I don't know what has gone on with the numbers website recently, but they need to fix it. 
I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but like when I click on their movies, maybe it's the browser because it's actually working now in Chrome. Whenever I open it in Brave, maybe it's one of the extensions I have. Like the poster is like gigantic. The poster is just huge. It's huge. And I can't quite, I can't quite understand it. Anyway. Well, I, I can't use the numbers anyway because they don't have the information that I'm looking for that I could say out loud, but I know that a lot of people would probably rather have it in front of them in the first place. There we go. Let's go ahead then and click on this share screen button. And that way we can uh that way we can uh talk about this a little bit. Alright, so Let's also make this a little bit bigger so people can see. There it is, The Northman. So, The Northman, 2022 historical epic film directed by Robert Eggers, co-written by Eggers and Sojin. Uh, I doubt I'm, I'm saying that correctly, but it's based on The Legend of Amleth, which is a, a legend I don't know, starring Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, you also have Nicole Kidman, Klaus Bong, Anya Taylor-Joy, who you all, who you all know, uh, who all of you might know, I think, is one of the most talented Young actresses working today. Uh, very excited for her career. Ethan Hawke, Bjork, also. And Willem Dafoe, who is awesome. As you all know, I'm a big fan of Willem Dafoe. Also, they shot throughout August and December 2020 in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. So very excited that they actually shot this in Ireland. The issue that this film has, though, is right here. Right here. If you can't see that, that says... The budget for this film is $90 million. That's right. This film, which is looking like and and playing like, at least trailer-wise, an independent film, costs $90 million to make. The issue with that, the issue is that, let me see if I can maybe uh, change this up a bit. Ah, I don't like that. Maybe this? No, that's what it's already at. I guess that's I guess that's the best I can do. It's the best I can do at the moment. Anyway, so the problem with that is that a movie's break-even point tends to be 2.5 times its production budget. And so doing a quick calculation of 2.5 times the $90 million... The break-even point for this film is $225 million. And so I actually will pull up the numbers then because we have to actually know. I was going to I need to pull up another one. That's why I do it live. So that way y'all can see the mistakes I make. Anyway, here is the issue, though, when it comes to that $225 million number needing to be reached in order for this to break even. The Northman's opening weekend domestically is only four to eight million in early projections. It's total domestic ten to twenty. This is playing, as I said, like it's going to be an independent film. And there's nothing wrong with it playing like an independent film if it's if it was if it cost and if the studio spent independent money or independent level money, but they didn't. 
they spent $90 million, meaning the break-even's at least $225 million for the film. Now, some have said, well, maybe they'll save some because they're not they're clearly not spending a lot on marketing as there haven't been a lot of trailers for the film. And, you know, again, I think that an argument could be made there, but I'm a person where if you start diving down the rabbit hole of, oh, but you could also think of this and this and this, you bring up so many, so many caveats that at that point, there's just no way of being able to come to any standard that we can all agree on, and there's just no way for us to be able to come to any conclusion as far as the success or failure of any given film. So I like to stick with just the basics. So 2.5 times the production budget is typically, not all the time, typically the break-even point. I think that's something that people who are critics of mine don't quite understand when I say these things, is that I'm not saying that it needs to make exactly 2.5 times its budget. If it does not make this exact number, it is going to lose this exact amount of money. It's no, no, no. Roughly 2.5 times the budget is what the normal break-even point for most films tends to be. Just like marketing tends to be the budget times 1.5. Doesn't always be that way, but it tends to be. But in The Northman, it's got a budget problem. Again, $90 million budgets only expected to make around $15 million or so domestically. Now, one could theoretically argue, one could theoretically argue that the movie is going to have a massive showing overseas, is going to bring in hundreds of millions of dollars in the foreign marketplace, and that is where it's going to make its money. You could argue that the likelihood of that happening is just not. I can't think of any movie off the top of my head that had that low of a American, North American release, domestic, or as we would say, a domestic release, that low, 10 to 20 million, and made that much money internationally. I can't really think of any examples off the top of my head where that is the case. Even when you bring in animes, for instance, that do very well in Japan and and do marginally well in, in other locations, even those have made more than the 10 to $20 million that the Northman is expected to make. And again, I think the Northman looks fantastic. I think the trailer, the trailer has me pumped. I am only going to see that one trailer. Like I've only seen the one trailer and I, I just, I don't want to see much else because I don't want to go in knowing more, more than what I already know. I kind of want to be surprised by it, but also I want to go in and I want to have my expectations hedged because I am not the biggest fan of Robert Eggers, who is the director and writer of the film. He's done films like The Witch, which I I was personally not a fan of because I didn't like the writing, even though it was very proper for that time frame that it was that it was written for. It bothered me because I don't like that. I I did not like the way they talked. It was very confusing and I don't like to be confused like that. <laughs> I feel like I needed to have subtitles on. It's like it's one thing if I'm watching a foreign language and I have subtitles to help me understand the context. It's another one they're speaking the English language, but it's an older form of English and then I can't understand it. And there are no subtitles to help me uh, figure things out. You know? There's a bit of a difference there. And then he also made The Lighthouse, which I appreciated incredibly for its cinematography because they used a lot of... Uh, they used film... And they also use lenses that would have been a very appropriate to use for the time in history that they were making this film in. And the film ended up looking phenomenal. It ended up looking beautiful. 
But the story was way too bizarre, especially as it went on for me. The acting was fan- was phenomenal. The performances in that film were phenomenal in The Lighthouse. But the story was just a little too much. So The Northman, to me, seems like, especially if Focus Features and whoever else is producing this film, if they're the ones that are putting in $90 million into this movie, clearly they must believe in this script. However, the projections are not looking like that belief is being warranted. And I think that is a massive problem for this film. And I've said this before, and I'll say it here live as well. If the Northman's really good, so I have my ticket to go see at 7 p.m. opening night. If it becomes available in a premium format, I might change it. might change my ticket. I doubt it will, though, just based on these numbers here. But if the film is good opening night, I will sing its praises. I, I will I will try and drive as many people to go see it as I can to try and make sure that the film is not a massive financial failure and is not a financial loss. Because if the film's really good, if it's well shot, if it's well written, if it is, um, and this is very standard to a lot of the Robert Eggers films, if it's a film that uses a lot of practical effects and a lot of just the environment and a lot of in-camera stuff, I'm going to support that if that is the case. It's got, it's got to get there, right? It's got to get to that point, right? It's got to deliver. It's got me intrigued. Northman, you got my attention, but now you got to deliver. Now you got to give me to sink my teeth into. Because if I can, and it's good, hey, just like for Alita, when I thought the film was fantastic and saw that it was getting those mixed reviews from critics and saw the numbers. I, I, I talked about it as much as I could. I gave away so many 4Ks. I had people sending me 4Ks even to give away, but I was buying a lot myself to give away. I will do that for this film too. And the reason why is not just because it's just this one film, but to me, this type of film is is one that I don't think, especially if it doesn't do well, is a type of film that will get again or, or not as likely to get again. It kind of reminds me a bit of that Master and Commander type movie, right? Where there's a lot of practical effects. There is a lot of time invested. There's a, a lot of time invested in costuming, in the production, in the design. We don't get a lot of those films. And if this film doesn't do well... That tells me, or that I think could be as a sign to Hollywood or to these other studios that, oh, people don't want that. People people don't want to see those kinds of films. And I don't want that. So again, if this film is good and if this film delivers and if this film is as good as the trailers are at the very least, as far as how much hype there's been for it, if it does that, it will have my full support and I'll do everything that I can. But it's got to deliver. And that's the ultimate question. Will it deliver orange hat says no later for him meant a final battle between sonic and robotnik okay well i don't know that to me just sounds like a lot of cgi and the cgi for the most part wasn't terrible but cgi fights normally for me are like not 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 very good victor fontaine have you seen the odin memes that are all over twitter they have given me some good belly laughs not sure you would enjoy them as much so yeah so those came from friday night tights last night 
and I saw I saw a lot of them in in the beginning. I think I saw three or four different ones, and a lot of them I thought were pretty funny. There was one, however, that uh, I did not find entertaining. I did not find funny. Uh, Master Gaming says Northman, yeah, already covered that. Already covered that. Uh, well, Death on the Nile didn't make its money and didn't make money anywhere. So I would say that there is a good chance of this film. The difference is that Northman might actually be good, whereas Death on the Nile was always on that knife's edge of <laughs> maybe not. Uh, Laura says, the context with Godfather stuff was we were talking about it amongst ourselves sometimes. Peeps forget you don't see all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So guys, remember, I don't read every single comment. I used to back in the day. And I always, it was, it got to a point where I couldn't anymore. And that's when I created the at Odin uh, sign. So please only tag me uh, if it's something that I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to understand what you're talking about. Uh, Slicer says, Moonshot is a film exclusive to streaming. Okay. Haven't ever heard of that. Visible says, when do the FNT prayers turn to exorcism? Well, I, I don't have the power to do that. Um, I do not have the ability. Now, Father Christopher Miller, hail Father, um, who I know is, is making his way back. Uh, he could offer some prayers of exorcism, but <laughs> I think that might be uh, long past. Yeah, no, but my, my issue with Box Office Mojo, though, is that its design is the same as it was when it changed, and that design still sucks. And typically, Box Office Mojo is is always behind in in their numbers, almost always behind. Whereas the numbers is sometimes, and I would even argue rarely behind in their number updates. Uh, Fuzz Aldrin, how do you even know if you haven't seen it? That's what I want to know. If the trailer makes you think that it's going to be meh, that's one thing. But the movie, unless one has seen it, Rowdy says, did you ever question how certain movies have such high budgets when they don't look it? Do you think it's just poor money handling on the studio's part? Oh, it's absolutely. Absolutely poor handling. And I think that it's just the showing that if you have $40 million and you have a capable director with a vision and smart, competent people that know what they're doing and have a passion for what they're doing, you can make a phenomenal-looking film. The example I like to give, especially for visual effects, is think of any hundred-plus-million-dollar film in the last several years and the visual effects for it, and then compare it to Love and Monsters, which came out, what, a few years ago at this point? Let me see if I can uh, pull up Love and Monsters because that's actually a very underrated film that I enjoyed a lot more than I should have because I, I wasn't expecting anything from it. It was a Dylan O'Brien film. Michael Rooker is in it as well. It only made $1.1 million at the box office because it came out October 16th of 2020. But I saw it. I got to see it. It only made, or rather only cost $30 million to make. If you look to the visual effects of that film, those visual effects destroy, I would argue, destroy the vast majority, not even like half or some, the vast majority of films 
that costs $100 plus million dollars. Simply in the effects department. For those that uh, maybe don't know what I'm talking about, here is Love and Monsters poster. So, yeah. $30 million for the effects in this film. And the effects, I think, actually look pretty darn good. Especially for $30 million. And so good, in fact, I think the effects look better than the vast majority of crap we get from mainstream Hollywood. So yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of the money that's put into these big, major, big budget films are them totally mishandling their money, overspending. And if you want an even better example, look up what Project 4K is doing with the Star Wars movies, right? They're, they're, they're doing a preservation project. They've got two of the films. Actually, they've got all three films the original 35 millimeter they found 35 or they found original 35 millimeter film presentation um not clips but literally the they found the film reels of original 35 millimeter of the of the original release and they did 4k scans of the 35 millimeter and they have gone in done some color correcting done some noise reduction not too much um, they try to keep it as authentic as they possibly can. And the color correction they do to try and make it as close to the original film as they possibly can. And they're doing all of this stuff for thousands of dollars, <laughs> thousands, tens of thousands. And yet you, you look at any studio that does a 4k transfer of an older film. It costs them millions. So that's another great example of they overspend. They've got so much money that they will just throw it away. Even though if they actually used it and used it well and smart, they could actually do so much better. They could actually do so much. They could imagine if they took take Warner Brothers. If they took the 200 or so million dollars they wasted, wasted on Matrix Resurrections, and instead put that into five original films with competent directors, with competent people working behind the camera who care about what they do and are passionate, they would have actually probably made money. Instead, they overspent their money on a crap film with a crap story, and they lost massive amounts of money because of it. Dog says, I'm going to see The Northman. Looks awesome. Yeah, man. It definitely looks great. Evan S., uh, I don't know why you keep telling me that. You you have it almost every single stream, and I, I, I don't know what else I need it to get across to you. But, I, again, I've done this to you before, but I don't know how else I can make it more clear. I really no choice but to declare you excommunicado. You leave me no choice. You leave me no choice. You are excommunicated. Rosie212 says, The Northman looks awesome, so you think more people would see it, especially the Game of Thrones crowd. I agree. I think the issue, Rosie, is that it's not being marketed well. I think the Achilles heel for the Northman is its, its, its marketing. I don't think either one focus features is spending anything on their marketing budget or on their marketing department, or if they are, the marketing department is failing epically. Because they are not doing a lot to help sell this movie. 
as far as reach. They've got the goods, because I think the trailer is solid, but I don't think they're putting the money where it needs to go. Master Gaming says, Warcraft had a low domestic total, but internationally did way better. It did, but again, as low as the 10 to 20 million? No. So I'm still I'm still waiting on an example for that. Uh, Eleven uh, one bridge eleven says, do you think the Northman should have been released at the end of the year to get Oscar consideration? No, uh, for a couple reasons. One, because I don't think it would have helped the situation at all, and two, because why would they care about the Oscars, and why should anyone care about the Oscars? The Oscars are completely worthless trash. Now, if we want to talk about the Raven Awards, <laughs> then then you got something there. But no, seriously, uh, the whole Oscar bump thing was always very minimal in the first place. And the media has even admitted as much now that in, in today's world that the Oscars buzz is, is gone. Like, it, it's not existent anymore. It, it does not exist anymore. So, <laughs> Miss Martin Muses, what's going on, girl? What's going on, Miss Martin Muses? Again, blessed, blessed passion tide to you. About to be Holy Week. Very excited. Very, very excited. It's my favorite time of the year. Interestingly enough, one of the darkest times of the year for the church because of just the themes that we reflect on ends up being my favorite time. Uh, Easter Triduum is phenomenal. By the way, I'm so pumped because uh, plan is... For me to be back hometown in New Orleans, which means the parish that I love, that I wish I could just transplant over here, because they're just so phenomenal. They are a traditional, they are a diocesan parish, but they are clearly a, a traditional parish because they have they have gotten permission from their bishop to preeminently, uh, rather to give the traditional mass preeminence over the Novus Ordo, so. All of their uh, Easter Triduum, for instance, will be in the traditional form. Uh, and they did that last year. I was able to go to the Easter Vigil. It was the first time ever going to a, um, a traditional Mass Easter Vigil before. It was beautiful. Um, and so this year, I don't think I'll be able to go to Good Friday, unfortunately, because we're driving on Friday, and we probably won't get in by then. I also... I'm so upset because I used to do the walk of nine churches down in new Orleans, which is so beautiful. You get to go to nine historic churches in new Orleans. Um, and they're beautiful. You do the stations of the cross. Uh, there's hundreds of people that show up for it. Um, and it's always a great spiritual, always a very great spiritual event. Fortunately, just because of, you know, wife's work won't probably won't be able to make that, uh, make that work. Unless I can somehow work, you know, at the very least, not the actual walk itself. I might be able to work it out time-wise to get us in so that I can go to the uh, go to the uh, the liturgy of the cross that they have on Friday. Marby Dog says, I hated the lighthouse. I, I, I understand it. Again, the thing I like about it is the cinematography I think is beautiful and the acting is phenomenal. But yeah, the story gave me the creeps. <laughs> Not in the good way. Uh, Brightburn, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Patty Jenkins when she made Wonder Woman because I wasn't very familiar with her work. Of course, she flushed everything down the toilet with Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. And that's what happens when you rise to the top too soon, right? 
I think that people, I think she was given way too much credit for that film. And I think that she let it get to her head because 84 was, it was awful. It it was atrocious. Wonder Woman 84. It, It was, it was so bad. And it was so bad that it got her kicked off of a Star Wars project and her her prospects in the future don't look very good. <laughs> because also, it was all a part of this huge movement. She kind of got swept into the whole, you know, female empowerment stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. How about instead we promote talented directors, regardless of their race or gender? All that should matter is whether or not they are a good director or not. That's it. Catherine Bigelow, looking at you. Great director. Don't care that she's a woman. She just so happens to be one. But that's how we should think of things. And obviously in our world today, we can't have that. We can't think that way. We have to think pure identity politics. Mark Lizette says, uh, ever hear of the sci-fi movie Beyond White Space? It's basically Moby Dick in space, but it's well, but not that, but not that well done. So I haven't heard of it then, and it doesn't sound like I should care that I have not heard of it if it's not well done. <laughs> Evan S. says, The Rove is a good film to watch this week, Pax Brother. Peace to you as well, Evan. Um, I will I will try and do the best that I can, but again, working full-time, traveling as well. So I do appreciate those films you sent, but again, I, I will get to them when I can. Summer will be a much better time for me to finally catch up on movies and uh reading and other things by the way if anyone is is kind of like a tech person if you know of a good book scanner like something that could scan books really well i know our phones can do it and my phone can can do it for the most part pretty well but there are limitations like i don't know how do you how do you like you know how sometimes there's certain books where they're the binding on it makes the page like you know, curved, like kind of like, kind of like this, you know, curved. And then the text shows up that way. It's kind of warped. So either one, does anyone know how to make it where it's like flat or at least it looks flat? If you do reach out to me, please. Uh, so that way I can, uh, pick your brain on, on how to, how to do that. Or do you know of a scanner that does a really good job of either flattening it or being able to capture all of the, uh, all of the pages, and uh, to do it in, a, in an effective way because I am in the process of doing stuff for school, like scanning books for school, but also scanning books for the summer because I have books that I've been collecting and I obviously like to write notes and annotate and all those kinds of things. And so that's why I got this awesome tablet that you can actually write and take notes on and annotate with. But uh, that means a lot of these books that I've gotten, I actually want to digitize so that way I can actually take notes without actually having to ruin the books themselves. Um, But anyway, if anyone knows, and as a tech person, reach out to me. Email, uh, Discord, Twitter, etc. Coliseum Builder says, any thoughts about the Disney lack of leadership dumpster fire and the reports that Zavlav is going to chop expensive films at Warner. Uh, well, hey, if they're chopping expensive films for better films... See, here's the thing. If you're chopping the budgets of films, but you're still putting the same people behind them, or you're still choosing the same projects, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change anything. All right, Jacob Ironside. Good evening. Good evening to you, good sir. Thank you. 
Let's see. Evan S says, in my opinion, then the best Good Friday double features Mel Gibson's The Passion and Monty Python's The Life of Brian in that order. That's an interesting order. I wouldn't watch The Life of Brian on Good Friday. I would watch it after, but... <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Mel Gibson's for sure. So yeah, one of the things that I do every year uh, for my juniors uh, during Holy Week is we watch The Passion of the Christ. So... Uh, very, very excited for that because for some people, it's like that wake-up call of, oh, that's what a crucifixion was like. Oh, that's what a scourging was. Oh, wow. Uh, the R over on Odyssey. Thank you for the $5 hyper chat donation. Thank you for that hyper chat on Odyssey saying, hail and apologies for lateness. Here is my fine. Well, thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate the love, good sir. Uh, let's see here. Nearside Cyclops says, have you ever read Ace of Spades blog? It's mostly political, uh, po political site, but they have a good weekend program of movie books and pet discussions. Nope. Never even heard of them. Rob D says, most ridiculous criticism I've heard of ambulance so far. 136 minutes is ridiculously long for a film. My answer is go watch your 12 second TikTok videos. Yeah. I don't care about those lengths of like the lengths of films to me. If the film is good and it's long, I'm happy because it means if it's good, I'm enjoying what I'm watching and I'm going to keep on wanting to see more. <laughs> I mean, come on. Remember, Sci-Fi uh, says, even if The Northman is good, it will probably end up like Edge of Tomorrow money-wise compared to its budget, but we'll really need that word of mouth. Yeah, and again, even if that is the case, though, if I can do anything just to, to help even the little that I can with the small outreach that I have, um, I, I will do what I can. I will do what I can. Gary Barringer Sandwich Worthington. This was, I believe, in context to love and monsters says he was a fan. Yeah. Again, I thought it was a very good film, very underrated. And once again, great visual effects. Visit moment says, don't scare me like that. When you said love and monsters, I thought the awful doctor who episode. Oh no, no, no. I'm talking about a movie. I'm talking about the actual movie. Scar tag to say any idea of what movie will do the most at the box office this year worldwide. Um, I don't know because Spider-Man definitely takes the crown for last year since it was released last year with the one, $1. billion dollars. Um, Oh, is Avatar supposed to come out this year or did it get pushed back again? Even though I hate Avatar and I think it's, it's awful and I, and I hope it flops. I think there will be enough people interested in seeing what in the world James Cameron spending the rest of his life on and what in the world Disney was willing to, to give a billion dollars to a man to make five movies. So about $250 million per film for. So I think there might be enough interest for this movie for it to potentially, uh, to be another major hit to be like a billion dollar hit. But it's hard to say, I would have to actually look at all the films that to come out this year and we're running out of time. So I will hold off on that. Someone said, dude got blocked. Just excommunicated. <laughs> Which I would say is worse. Nearside Cyclops tagged and said, I'm not for the FNT and Critical Drinker. Uh, if not for the if not for Friday Night Sides and Critical Drinker, I would never have heard of the Northmen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's one of the things that I hope that we can do is we can promote those extra films that don't get as much, um, that don't get as much attention. 
Swole says, I believe Northman is going to suffer like Dread did. Good film, but little talker promotion. Yeah, definitely. Well, here, no, no, no. So it was a different issue with Dread. Dread had promotion. The promotion sucked. Same thing with Edge of Tomorrow, too, because someone else brought that up and I forgot to mention it. With Edge of Tomorrow and with Dread, the marketing was terrible. Not because it wasn't there, but because it was marketing the film as something that it wasn't. And so it, it left people not realizing that they were missing a really great film. I think that the trailer for The Northman's a solid trailer. I just don't think the reach for the trailer is there. So I don't think they're spending enough on getting the trailer out to people. Uh, Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic, uh, lesser logic. But I, some would, I guess, identify me as a traditional Roman Catholic. I'm a Latin Mass going Catholic. General Winkster says, uh, oh, you can't excommunicate me. I excommunicate myself, so take that. Well, I wasn't going to excommunicate you anyway, so I don't know why you're complaining. (laughs) Uh, One Bridge 11, have you ever been to Jerusalem? No, it's on my bucket list. Uh, Holy Land and Rome, both on my bucket list. Would love uh, to be able to make trips there. I think that I'll probably wait a few years because obviously I want all of this COVID nonsense, all of these stupid restrictions and masks and all that nonsense to to to, to just die and go away. I want all that stuff to go away uh, before ever going to any of those places because that would just, I think, really sour uh, sour the experience, unfortunately. Uh, the R over on Odyssey tag to say, I have watched Passion every Good Friday weekend since release. You are right. It is an intense reminder of what our Lord went through for us. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, it's a great reminder of that. It's it's also a great reminder, even on the secular level, it's a great reminder of how talented Mel Gibson as a director is, you know? Um, but yeah, seeing the reactions that the, the, seeing the reactions that the kids go through just to watch like the, the nailing of the hand into the cross, the scourging scene, especially um, it's powerful. It's very, very, very powerful. So yeah, that's why I make, I make it a part of it every single year. Uh, let's see. Cacao and cookies minion tag to say my old Dovis Ordo parish in New Hampshire has a beautiful Easter visual mass. Looking forward to my first full TLM Easter true to him. Dude, cacao cookies minion. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, I have not had a full, I've not had a full TLM Easter Triduum yet. Um, you know, my last year was my first TLM uh, Vigil Mass, and it was beautiful. So hopefully, I can make it to the good. Uh, hopefully, I can make it to Good Friday this year if uh, the driving works out, and obviously, family, uh, family, and baby, and all that stuff has to come first, practically speaking. But if I can make it to the Good Friday service there, it would be phenomenal. Uh, really can't. Really, really can't wait. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I've I've seen I have seen beautiful Easter Vigil masses done in the Nosordo. I've seen it done well, and um, specifically at the church that I am going to this year that I went to last year, uh, St. Patrick's down in New Orleans. If you're ever in New Orleans, St. Patrick's is the church to go to. One because it's a beautiful church, and two just because. Um, the pastor now and the pastor before, you know, he had just started when I was in the process of, of almost leaving. Um, but both of them were solid, very, very solid. And I'm so happy to see what's, what's happened. And they were one of the few churches that during the pandemic, like 
were one of the last to shut down um, because basically they they were going to stay open. Like they, they were still, they were having mass and they were saying that basically they were not publicizing their masses. They, you know, because the order was given from the bishops all across the diocese. Can't believe it's been like two years since this happened. And I can't believe that this happened at all. But, you know, the orders came from all the bishops that you couldn't have public masses. And so a lot of the priests still said they're private masses. And what they did was they had the private mass, but left the doors unlocked and people talked and people were still able to go and receive the Eucharist. I think eventually it was the city that shut it down. I don't know that for a fact. Um, but seriously, uh, they, even before they went full, um, because they had the former archbishop who would actually be at the mass as well. It was always beautiful. So very, very exciting. Remember Sci-Fi says, a scanning pen might work, though it would be more labor-intensive. I have seen one scanning pen that every time I do some research on shows up, but I, I do wonder, does that just capture the text, or would it be able to, like, would it be able to stitch together, like, the actual full page? Because if it's able to stitch together the full page, I might actually be able to um, put up with that. Because there's that one, and then there's this other one that's actually from a company owned by Canon that I'm looking at. Um, let me see if I can find the name of it, and maybe you, maybe if anyone knows about this one, yeah, the the Iris Scan Book Five. Uh, if anyone knows anything about the Iris Scan Book 5, it's a portable, like, it's one you just, like, push it over the page and it scans it. But the reviews on it are, like, mixed. So it's, like, got four. Like, there's a Wi-Fi version with three and a half stars, and then the non-Wi-Fi has four stars. And the top reviews are all, like, very low. And it's all, like, you know, it doesn't always work. And one of the biggest issues that I heard was if there's a book where, basically, if it doesn't have very large margins, it does. it's hard to get in. But, yeah. So if it stitches that together, though, I would definitely be open to looking into the the pen if that wouldn't exist. But yeah, if you have one, if you have one that you think is is good for that kind of thing, let me know. Uh, Master Gaming says Resident Evil: The Final Chapter made more internationally than domestically. Resident Evil: The Final Chapter made twenty six million domestically. Northman could make twenty million to twenty eight million. Uh, so yeah, Master of Gaming, I didn't say that there have not been examples of films that have had a higher that have not had a higher international. That is very common for a big budget film especially, to have a higher international number than domestic. What I was saying was that it's, I cannot think of a film that has made, and again, the long-range forecasting on the film right now is 10 to 20 million, 10 to 20, not 25, but 10 to 20 million, meaning $15 million average for its domestic. I have not heard of a film where this film needs to make $225 million I've not heard of a film making only 15 million domestically and then making over 200 million dollars internationally. I cannot think of a film that pops into my head that has done that specifically. Listen, bro, I know you're trying to help. I know you're trying to help Master of Gaming, but that's two. That's two strikes. That's two strikes, brother. Uh, Abomination, what's going on? Uh, Sabi says, do you have to get permission slip to walk? Uh, to walk? To, to watch that we do so if they were if they so there are some of them that have seen it in grammar school and they had to send those home uh because of the age of mine you don't um but this year they did try and push 
something about like they were being more careful with the films that were being shown. Um, and it has to go b- based off of a certain standard, but I can't find the website that they're referring to. So I know that there are two versions, actually, for those that don't know, there are two versions of The Passion of the Christ. There is the version, which shows all of the gruesomeness that is a crucifixion. And then there is a PG-13 cut version as well. So worst case scenario, I either have someone watching me, which is uh, this is not going to happen, watching me to make sure that I play the PG-13 version of the film, or I just play the full film, you know? So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Mark 63366 says, Vintage Machinery YouTube channel scans thousands of books. He made a YouTube video about what scanner and software he used a couple of years ago. Should I find it for you? Yes, please, Mark. Please do that. Yes, I would really appreciate it. And again, uh, on Twitter, you can DM me on Discord, any of the social medias that are there. Uh, let's see. Brightburn says, I think you should acknowledge the fact that Adam West as Batman and Roger Moore as James Bond are kind of similar characters in tone and style because everyone looks at them as a joke. Again, a bit random, but I, I, I think that sounds fair. Rosie 12 who's a member, says Lord of the Rings had long running times and those movies fly by. Agreed. Um, one of the greatest films of all time has like a three, four hour run. No, f- oh, what's it at? Gotta be well over four hour runtime, right? Scarlet, I just don't give a damn. But yeah, that one flies by too. Uh, Evan S says, why do you not like The Last Airbender? Random. Uh, the live action film? Because it sucks. The only good thing about that film is actually the visual effects. I actually like the visual effects in The Last Airbender, the live action film. Uh, you were mistaken when I said Avatar. I When I said Avatar, I'm talking about James Cameron's Avatar, which is not Avatar The Last Airbender. But the Avatar The Last Airbender film also sucked. Yeah, Gone with the Wind, phenomenal. Visit Womack says, hate to prop up Amazon, but annotations and note was one of two reasons I got Kindle best ebook product for scanning is school books uh, or books for school. Um, it's a bit of both. And so... Yeah, but here's the issue with the Kindle is that you can't do handwritten uh, notations, which I like. I like being able to do handwritten notations. Um, so I got it's a company called like Books. Um, I got one of theirs and it it's, it works really well and I love it actually. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of both. So most of the books that I'm going to be scanning are actually for me because I want to do some studying. I'm thinking again, haven't applied or anything like that, but I'm thinking of pursuing a doctorate in in theology. Um, I just found out that there's an all online doctorate program. Um, So I'm thinking about it. That's obviously something you don't just throw yourself into randomly, but I have a lot of books that I've been buying that I want to be reading. And I know that I'm going to want to take notes on them and and take annotations on them. Um, And so a lot of the books are going to be more so for my own personal reading, but they're all still going to be relevant to most of them are theological books. So they're going to be still relevant to my job. And then there's some of there that are going to be like directly like used in the job. Rowdy says, I agree. Oh, and most people don't even know the film is called Edge of Tomorrow. They think it's still called Live, Die, Repeat. Exactly. Exactly right. And that was one of the parts of the issue is that they couldn't figure out how to market the film. 
Justin on the red shirt says, Nearsighted Cyclops, Aces, Blog, Link, Nerdrotic, and the rest is history. Uh, let's see. The R says, Great movies with long run times that go fast. Snyder Cut is your movie. The R, don't even with me. You don't even, don't even with me, brother. Don't even. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? It does not fly by. It's terrible. Matt 317, what's going on, brother? Welcome back. Good, sir. Vincent Womack says, Thick book. Uh, thick books are best scanned by hanging, holding one side of the book of the side of the scanner and scan the rest. Haven't had the need to scan books for a while. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to find the most effective and efficient way of getting the highest quality scans. Rosie 12 says, I sobbed in St. Peter's because it's so moving of an experience. Oh, I can only imagine. Seriously. Just uh, pictures alone, we all know, just don't do those places justice. Geek Truth 64, what's going on? Uh, no update yet. Just haven't had time to watch, unfortunately. Uh, I want it to be good, Brian Barth. Did you not hear me earlier? <laughs> I, hope it, I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. Let's see. Evan asks, I love that Mel Gibson had St. Veronica and Christ's journey to Calvary. She's my favorite station of the cross. Her act of charity to our Lord when she didn't know what the Romans would do. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Amen. Yeah, the, the risk that she took. Um, but also, I, I like what he does with Simon. I like, um, and that's why I really, one of the books that I got, actually. So one of the books that I plan on reading this this summer is uh, I think this might be one of the books that Mel Gibson used, but if it's not this, it's definitely the same author. So Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich uh, received visions, and uh, she received visions of the lives of various people, including our Lord. And so I picked up, it's the Dolores uh, Passion of Our Lord, according to Anne Catherine Catherine Emmerich. says, Dolores Passion has been inspiring thousands since it first appeared in 1833, being uh, based on the detailed visions of our Lord's passion and death. And I know that uh, a lot there were a lot of things from Anne Catherine Emmerich that influenced Mel Gibson when he wrote the film. And there's a lot of things that she deals with with the resurrection and the harrowing of hell that I also hope, um, from what I, again, just from hearing about, hope that uh, in the sequel, The Resurrection, because the harrowing of hell sounds like it could just be so awesome. Uh, Coliseum Builders says there are dedicated book scanners, but they are expensive, automatically turn pages and handle the curve. Yeah, obviously I'm not looking in that direction. I'm looking for one where I can still turn the page. But again, if there's a scanner that can either handle it to, to handle that curve issue that could sometimes happen with books, or if there's even a software, like where if like, if I have a scan and the books are like this, if there's even a software program where it can just, you know, bloop, like, you know, straighten it out. Even that would be uh, fun. And by fun, I mean useful. And by useful, I mean appreciated. So yeah, uh, Geek Truth, I tried to to open that up. So yeah, I so it's pretty much where it was. But I don't know if I've updated it since then. But I did get to, I don't know if I've mentioned this in a previous stream. I did get to the board game episode and I actually liked it. Not because it's good, but because it was so cheesy and so bad <laughs> that it was great. I just love the guy who was like the leader of the aliens that were visiting uh, from from the 
uh, oh, from what from the gamma from the gamma gamma quadrant, right? Isn't that the wormhole? Doesn't isn't it connecting them to the gamma quadrant? I think. Um, but anyway, uh, I just love the leader of them, and when he was sh- when he was showing up, <laughs> when he was showing up in the game, every time it just made me laugh. So I actually got to watch that one with my wife because she really liked it uh, a lot, and uh, and so she watched it with me because she's seen all of Star Trek. She's a huge star. She's she's she is a huge Trekkie. Um, but anyway, we're right about at time, so let's get these last comments in. Um, let's see. Lot Yarsh. Bruce, that's the kind of random comment I like because that makes me laugh. <laughs> Shout out to Bruce. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I've watched actually a couple of episodes and, uh, the series, I do like that. Again, I've only watched a couple of episodes, so it's going to be a while. Uh, then Felicitas says, make sure any school you go to is a credit. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Again, that's why I've been looking for online programs for the doctorate for a long time and couldn't find any big again, because of accreditation being a big part of it. So when I found out about this one and I looked into it, I was like, Oh, there actually is one. So it, cause, uh, part, part of it is actually based on an, on a college campus, but their specific program and their professors are exclusively online. So, um, but for their doctorate program, it's, it's basically no classes. I think the only classes are like the actual, like going over writing specifically for the dissertation and then just writing the dissertation, which is the scariest part for me. (laughs) So that's why I'm like, well, I don't know. I feel like I kind of want to, I kind of want to, you know, cause I, I actually like learning. And so part of me wants to maybe see if I can uh audit a class just to be able to like you know get my stuff back up to snuff since i already have the masters uh brightburn says if you if i had more than 200 characters to write something i wouldn't be as random i'm pretty good at writing what i want to say but i need more than 200 characters to do so no 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 again it's not so it's not but you can be on topic is what I mean. Like if you're having a conversation with other people in the chat and then you include me in on that conversation, I have not been reading that conversation. So I, I have no frame of reference for that conversation. So that's what I mean by, by, by the randomness. So again, if you're having conversations with other people, one of the greatest parts about Asgard is that you can have beautiful, amazing conversations with people, but I don't read them because I'm (laughs) because, because again, that's why I have people put the ad Odin. But when you put me into it and then I'm go, I'm jumping in halfway through a conversation that I've not been a part of. Anyway, Forever Sci-Fi. I've looked at something like the Caesar on Amazon, but I don't have enough to scan to justify one of those. Supposedly the scans, whole pages flatten the images out, but Amazon aren't always reliable. Yeah, so those are the ones. So I saw that one too, and I hear that that's like kind of like the, the big brand. But yeah, those are definitely more on the expensive side. I have enough books that that I would get some use out of it, but I think I would rather go with something a bit cheaper. So again, you mentioned that there's that pen option. There's also a, as a, the one that I mentioned, like that's more of like I guess a wand. Um, but uh, but yeah, I appreciate you uh, looking into that though. For the chat with Kenny Lee, what's going on, brother? Just trying to finish out the show. Brian Barr says, I didn't. I was somewhere else during that time. Ah, well, you should always be here then. 
Dr. Odin says, yes. I made a copy of a report that Knights of Columbus published in 1917 on religious prejudice scanned into a PDF a few weeks. I got it from a guy, used it, master's thesis. Nice. Very, very cool. Uh, want me to send you a copy when it gets scanned? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I, I'm interested. I'll turn the pages for you. $30 an hour says Gmail. <laughs> Again, I don't mind turning turn the pages. It's the scan that that's the issue. Coming in way late. Hello, David Dab- Walking. Yeah, we are ending things. So thank you again, everyone, for being here. 111. Uh, who's your favorite person from the Old Testament? My One of my favorite books of the Old Testament is actually the book of Job. Uh, I've always just loved the story um, because I think it's a it's a lesson in humility. And it's a lesson in... The fact that uh, God's in control. we got to trust in divine providence, even when it gets hard. And it can get really hard. Key truth. True the, board ga- true, the board game episode is laughably bad, but in a fun, watchable way. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, we need to call you Dr. Odin, <laughs> says Rosie. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I, I actually have to decide, and then I actually have to apply and get accepted and then I actually have to write the dissertation, which is like a hundred pages minimum, I think, um, which would be like the most I've ever written in, in my entire life. So we got to, and then I got to defend it. So there's a lot of stuff to get there. Um, but if if it does happen, I'm still debating whether or not I would have even my students uh, refer to me in that way. <laughs> Oh, and then it's like, do I start writing books? Because I just, I hate writing. <laughs> that That's like the biggest thing of all is like, I hate writing, but I love conversations and I love reading. And so if it all comes together, it all comes together. But with all that being said, boom, caught up with the chat. Thank you all so very much for being Dr. Lord Odin says Mark 360. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think I might have y'all call me Dr. Odin because that would just be fun. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so very much for, for being here. I really does appreciate it. I really do appreciate it a lot. Um, again, from the bottom of my heart, still still reeling from the 25,000. Again, from the 25,000 uh, subscriber milestone that we hit just about a week or so ago. So uh, thank you so very much for, for that love and for that support. It really does, uh, it really does mean a lot. So that's going to be it for me today, though. So I hope everyone has a blessed, uh, blessed, blessed Saturday, a blessed rest of their weekend. Again, to tomorrow is Palm Sunday. So I hope everyone has a blessed Palm Sunday, blessed Holy Week as well. Um, videos will be scarce starting around uh, Good Friday, for travel and religious reasons, no Saturday stream next week. So no Saturday stream next week. I'll be at the Easter Vigil Mass. So no Saturday stream next week. Um, also, I will not be on Friday Night Tights next week because I'll be in New Orleans and I'll be with family. Uh, so uh, next stream on Tuesday. And I'll be able to report back. Hopefully, if as long as things go to plan, I'll be able to report back on the film Ambulance, which I'm seeing in IMAX. And uh, after Easter, of course, things should settle down and go back to normal quite a uh, 
quite a bit, quite a bit. Should go back to normal a bit. Anyway, thank you all so very much for being here this evening. I don't know why I was always drag these out for longer than I can, but please make sure you smash that like button, light up that fire button on Odyssey. Thank you to everyone also for helping me uh, with some ideas with the scanning and things like that. And anyone who's reached out, um, and checking notifications and stuff like that, uh, as soon as the stream ends. So I appreciate it in advance. So anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Again, shout out also to Jason Williams for sending out, uh, the amazing, uh, three little pigs and the, and the gun book. And also to Bruce Wayne for the movie book as well. You guys are all awesome. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Blessed, blessed, blessed weekend. And, uh, Oh my goodness, I just realized that that's not good. Where did that go? Wait a minute. <laughs> I just realized that the uh, the April shoutouts video disappeared. So I have to re-upload that now. So while that's re-uploading, I think I might just have to play it locally? Because um, <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take. All right, anyway, uh, hopefully this works. Have a wonderful rest of y'all's day. <laughs> and as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my April Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting off with Patreon with Animation Commentator, Brandon, let's go Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Hymir Ari Hymason, Inflamed Wood, Jacob from Holland, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle 79, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Priscilla Hall, Rosella Allen, Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B., the Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Patreon. And also to my Subscribestar peeps, Matt317, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stand 4, John B., Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alice McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, J. Rod, The Beer Guru, and ZK Man. And also a huge shout out to my locals members. Uh, starting off with Kara Tharp, K Tharp 56. Also, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, Robert Barnes, and also a huge support as well to Brett D90. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Locals. Thank you again to everyone for supporting the channel. Please, if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, go ahead and check out the top link at the video description. It is my Willow link, as I like to describe it, and it brings you to a link tree where you get access to all of these different locations, as well as all of the various social media platforms that you can follow me on. If you join at the uh, Citizen of Asgard level, you get your name shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video. Army of Asgard level gets you that, plus you get access to a giveaways channel that I have on Discord. If you ever don't have access to that giveaways channel, please contact me. I do send out the link to the Discord and, and with the instructions on it uh, at the beginning of every single month. But if you don't have access to that giveaways channel where I'm giving away 4Ks and Blu-rays and all that kind of stuff, 
as much as I possibly can give away is available there. Uh, tr- please just reach out to me and I will gladly walk through the process to make sure you get access to that giveaways channel. And again, that is, again, Army of Asgard level, whether you be on Patreon, Subscribestar, or on Locals. Also, if you are the keeper of the Bifrost level, you get access to all of that. Plus, you get access to a podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. We try and do it once or twice a month. I think we're going to try and do it twice this month to make up for uh, some miscommunication that we had last month. So be on the lookout for that and look out for those uh, podcast Q&A posts that are always available on the Patreon main page, the Subscribestar main page, on the YouTube side of things as well. The YouTube community tab, you'll always find the podcast Q&A there and also on the Locals uh, page as well. And if you join at the Chosen of Valhalla level, the highest of the levels, you get access to all of that. Plus, if it's your first month, you get a free t-shirt, any t-shirt you want from my Teespring, my Public, whichever one you want to get it from. You just let me know the size, uh, location I'm sending it to, uh, color, that kind of stuff. You get it sent to you. Plus, you get to be featured once a month on the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where we all come together and just talk about movies and really anything the Chosen want to talk about. And it is a lot of fun. Anyway, thank you all very much for your love and for your support. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless. <laughs>